Welcome to the Empty Opinions Podcast, bitch. All right. Hello, everybody. You're going to find out soon that the intro song or the intro theme, the theme song of this, the theme of this podcast is now way shorter by popular demand. It's like nobody told me to do it, but I just felt like I had to do it because um, it was way too long. Yeah, but I can't quit. Yeah. Hello everybody, you are now listening to this fucking podcast Hey, what's up everybody, you know that I'm about to go wild Oh, I do not like to freestyle, but you know sometimes I feel like doing it Or you people don't know I'm doing it, but guess what, you people are so stupid Alright, that's how we're starting this intro, it's gonna be a quick stint Exactly, that's how long that shit should be For like... However many episodes I've been using that theme song, it should have never been that long. Because um, even if I even if I decide to freestyle or not freestyle, or the guest decides to freestyle or not freestyle, the issue becomes that it's too long. And then you might be not wanting to do it anymore. You have to wait until the theme song is over, which is not, you know, the best thing. So that's why I made it short. But if case you didn't know, I've said it like three times already. But this is the Empty Opinions Podcast with Eladio Polanco. My name is Eladio Polanco. And this is a podcast where no topic is taboo. You know, sometimes I have guests on the podcast. But for this week, it's just going to be me because um, because of a thing of scheduling. I wasn't able to get a guest that I wanted. Next week, for sure, we'll have a guest. Uh, this is episode 85. And for this episode, well, real quick, I just want to say this really quickly. Should I do like all the, pl- I'll do that at the end. But really quickly, what I'll say is this. It's it, one of the cringiest things I've ever seen in my life that I don't really experience often. I just see it on the internet or see that it happens is seeing a white girl cry, like cry talking, like when white women cry talk. You know, usually people say they feel sad, but that shit just makes me cringe. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it actually happened, you know, in one of my classes recently when this white girl, we were talking about some injustices and um, this white girl started crying and I was just kind of like cringing. I couldn't hold back my cringe. Like I couldn't actually believe she was cry talking. And it's just strange because she's not, she wasn't fully crying. But she sounded like she was about to cry. It was so strange. Like, But then it kind of, after she was done talking, there was no more cry talking anymore. So it, like, she was kind of crying a little bit at the beginning. And then as the class went on, it never, ne- tears never came. That kind of trembly crying voice never came back. And it just kind of fucking threw me for a loop. I've never seen that before in my life. It kind of really threw me off. And it was something, and listen, it was a, what we were talking about is something I'll discuss in this episode, which is, you know, everything that's going on with the Jacob Blake situation, the Kenosha shootings, the NBA, all that kind of shit. That's all pretty heavy. So it's a heavy topic, but I just, it just kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, whoa, she's crying. Okay. It was kind of weird. And I don't know. I just cringe because it's like, the reason I cringe is because when white women cry, and this has been said, uh, I don't know where. I've heard this theory before, just people say this, but when white women cry, like, people truly, like, empathy, the empathy radar, like, goes off the charts whenever a white woman is crying. 
I don't know why, but that's just a thing. But regardless, that's just the way that I'm going to introduce this whole topic, which is, um, but yeah, that was strange when I saw that. But regardless, this episode, I'm going to be talking about everything that's been happening this past week, you know, and there's been a lot. I mean, if you thought 2020 couldn't get crazier, I mean, a couple of months after the George Floyd shooting that shook up the world, right? Not, not the George Floyd shooting, the George Floyd murder, right? We saw that the whole world, you know, felt it. Everybody was very worried about it, right? A couple of months after that, when we thought, okay, hopefully they got the message and police brutality shouldn't happen again, there goes this Jacob Blake situation where a cop shoots a guy in the back seven times, point blank, as he's getting into his car. It's fucking crazy. It's a crazy situation. But I want to talk about it in more detail and kind of break it down because I'm seeing a lot of new details come out about this case and I'll kind of lay it out for you guys as well. So what I'm seeing, right, is that so what happened is apparently this guy went to there's so many different reports. What I'm seeing is a lot a lot of reports coming out uh, that don't paint. Jacob Blake in the best of, uh, of the best of lightings, but I don't think that really matters because this is more about the police and not the individual. But regardless, I want to paint a, a full picture. So at first they were reporting that this guy, you know, was trying to stop a fight. Right. But then I see other sources that said he was actually confronting his ex-girlfriend or current. Uh, I, I believe is his ex-girlfriend or just a woman that he knew. So there's those two, you know, reportings of it. I don't know which one's true, which one's not. They both could be true. He could be separating a fight, but also came to confront the girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. Regardless, this is the setting for the situation. So then I guess the police are called. Um, And I haven't even seen the full video. I've seen snippets of it because people have been posted on, on Twitter. Uh, I wasn't, I don't like watching any of that kind of shit because it's just, it fucks you up, man. It really does. Like it, it, it none of inadvertently ruins your mood. Your psychology is fucked up. All of that shit can fuck you up. But regardless, so in the video we see the cop kind of trying to stop this guy from whatever he was doing with these two women. The apparently the police are gonna try to apprehend him. I didn't see the full video. Here's what I know, and here's where it gets complicated. What we know is that the guy goes into the car, a cop follows him, shoots him seven times, point blank, to the back. We can all agree. I feel like that's the one thing that always gets caught up in this. People get, but but this and but that bring other shit. But let's just focus on this specific thing. We can all agree that shooting somebody seven fucking times, blank, the, you know, uh, uh, whatever, I just said it, like, blank, point blank in the back is not good is not what police should be doing i don't know if that's a country i swear i sure hope that wasn't a controversial statement you know cops shouldn't shoot somebody seven times point blank in the back i think that's a pretty you know understanding and even killed statement so that i feel like we need to kind of just stop and acknowledge that and not only just that situation because that's situation that situation in itself is obviously bad, right? And everybody should recognize that it's bad and that some things need to be ha- some things need to happen to police, right? We know that much. 
But then you add context into it, and then you realize that this is coming off the back of what happened to George Floyd, and the thing that the world went crazy over because a guy was killed because a cop had his like police negligence, which is which is an overall theme: police brutality, police negligence, you know, corruption, you know, a broken system in the police, right? So this is the same thing again. So now people are fucking angry and rightfully so, because like, how the fuck is this happening again? We just saw the George Floyd situation. Now you're going to shoot a person seven times in the back of their back. I guess in their back, you know, in the back, just in period, even if it was in the back, wherever are you going to, even if the shots missed, you can't shoot somebody seven times. I can't even believe I'm saying that as a police person, you should not do that. That's just how I feel. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. But he does that. The guy goes on administrative leave, the police that did this. Now everybody's outraged again, including me to a certain extent. But when I, cause when I first heard this situation, it was just kind of like, again? I was just kind of, I'm numb. I'm starting to feel numb to a lot of this shit because it's just, how does this happen again? This should not be happening again, right? So that's just how I felt, right? Like seeing this, like, wow, I can't believe this happened again. I'm still people being angry about it and talking about it, but I wasn't feeling much, right? It was only until the, uh, it was only until the last, the, the two most recent situation that I'm like, okay, now this is a big deal again, because I kind of wait to see how big something becomes because there's been other shootings. There's been other police brutalities that have, that have happened that don't get certain traction or like things don't really happen. So for this Jacob Blake situation, I was definitely watching to see, okay, what are people going to do? How are people going to react to this? Um, and that would to let me know how serious this is, because I mean, to a certain extent, like I said, I'm numb. So I have to, so sometimes I see something like, this is crazy. And then nobody reacts to it. And I'm like, what the fuck am I, am I crazy? Like what's going on? But for this Jacob Blake situation, definitely people were up in arms, but I wasn't seeing the same, crazy thing happening that was happening with the George Floyd, right? So I'm like, okay, so I guess people might also be as numb to this as I I was as well. But let's 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 stay in the in in, in this situation, right? Because there's other two things that I want to talk about that uh that you know that are that came because of this situation. So then now a lot of people with this Jacob Blake situation, a lot of people are bringing up Jacob Blake's is past, which is similar to what they did with George Floyd. They always do this to the people who die or get or, uh, you know, suffer from, you know, suffer in the hands of police brutality. They're always like, oh, but this person was bad. And this person was this. And this person was that. I mean, they did that with fucking Trayvon Martin. They did that with George. They do it with every single person. Right. Because, I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but like humans aren't perfect. So humans are going to do certain shit. That doesn't mean that they deserve seven shots to their, to their fucking back. But regardless. People start bringing up shit about Jacob Blake. I just saw, I don't know if any of this is true, but I'm seeing a lot of people allege that he raped a 15-year-old, that he has a criminal background, all that shit that people start bringing up. And that shit doesn't matter, but I should address it, that those things are coming up, coming out about Jacob Blake. Oh, and I didn't say, but Jacob Blake is thankfully alive. Apparently he is paralyzed, but at least he's not dead, which is, you know, unfortunately something that happens very often where police brutality leads to death. So at least Jacob Blake isn't dead. So, you know, that's good. But there's definitely not good that he's paralyzed. 
But regardless, so now people are saying a lot, talking a lot of shit about Jacob Blake and saying, oh, he did this, he did that. And also something that I find interesting that I want to kind of mull over on the podcast is that apparently he had brought a knife to the meeting with the two women. And apparently the knife was in the in in the glove compartment or in the car somewhere. There was a knife. Also, there was two kids in a car, which makes this police brutality incident even more fucked up because now those kids are definitely going to be traumatized by this. But so apparently Jacob Blake had a knife in the car. Right. So he had a knife in the car. And it's possible that the police thought, okay, he's going to get a knife. But the thing that I find crazy from the part of the video that I saw, they kind of just let him walk to the car. That was what crazy because he wasn't armed before he he wasn't armed at all. Even if he was going to the car to get a knife, which is what they're saying, he still before that he didn't have anything on him and the police are there. So the police kind of just let him walk to the car. Right. And even if they think, OK, there's a knife in the car. I don't think you preemptively shoot somebody seven times to prevent them from getting a knife. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think that's what you do in that scenario. So in any way you decide to look at this, if you decide to look at this as, you know, self-defense, this is this, this is that. In any way you decide to look at this, you need to realize that this is just police brutality and this is what the people have been protesting for and calling for a reform of forever. This is what this is just what they're doing to erase awareness again because the police keep doing this. That's a problem. If you don't see that this is a problem, I don't even understand how you can't because did you forget the George Floyd situation and now you're seeing a couple months later kind of a very similar situation happens again? At this point, you can't deny there's an issue with the police. Now, what are the solutions to that? Obviously, a lot of people are saying defunding the police, abolishing the police, which I had my friend uh, uh, Jaja Robinson last episode to talk about. But, you know, there's a lot of different solutions that are coming up, which is great because now we're trying to find those solutions. But there is no doubt, even if you love the police, right, you love what they're saying for, you think they're necessary. You can't not say that it's fucking corrupt and that it needs, you know, fucking reforming at the very least. Things need to be done at the very least to stop things like this from happening, a.k.a. accountability. And look, I did a whole episode on police accountability and police culture and all that shit, like episode 70 something, 76, 78. I don't remember which episode, but I, it's called Reform the Police. And I talk all about this in that episode. But so I'm not going to go into it again. But yeah, obviously something needs to happen. So that's kind of what's been happening with the Jacob Blake situation. And then when you think that situation can get crazy, crazier, two things happen that shakes up the United States. I don't know which one I should talk about first. I'll talk about the protests that are happening in Kenosha because of the shooting. So naturally, it shouldn't surprise anybody that this Jacob Blake situation is now costing a lot of people to protests right the fuck is going on police department you need to arrest this guy and you need to fucking do something about whatever the fuck is happening with in, in kenosha right totally fair um but with the protests unfortunately there are certain people there come the rioters and the looters which we've seen when george floyd uh was murdered 
we saw those people come out. You know, I mean, it was a national crisis. Just how many stores were getting looted. But we see that that happens. So that is happening. The prote- the protests are happening. And then the situation is so fucking crazy. A militia gets involved. Multiple, I believe. I don't know. But right-wing militias are now feeling like the police aren't doing anything with these protests. And now we're going to take our the, the matters into our own hands, which is vigilantism. Vigilant is is being a vigilant. Fuck it. Vigilantism. I'll say like I know that that's a real word. This is vigilantism, right? Regardless if you whatever, whoever does this, that's the one thing we can say that that's is fucking working outside of the law to do to bring justice. Regardless if it's for a good cause or a bad cause, it's still wrong in the eyes of the law. So obviously this is bad regardless of who's doing it. But we're focusing on these right-wing militiamen who are apparently wanting to protect the businesses that could be getting looted. Because like we, like I said, when the George Floyd situation happened, a lot of stores were getting looted, right? So there's right-wing militias that are like, okay, we're going to protect certain businesses. The problem is... Again, they're malicious and they're acting as vigilantes. That's not good. That doesn't lead to anything good. And we're going to we see that because there was a fucking kid, a 17-year-old kid who sh- killed two people, injured one and shot a lot of them. Tr- be it, it, fuck, it's so crazy the situation. Being a 17-year-old and being part of this right-wing militia which is to protect the businesses. Now, there's a lot of detail can get into, right? Like apparently this kid crossed state lines, but it was it was only like a 20-minute, you know, car ride, so that doesn't make it that crazy that it crossed state lines, but it does because that's when the the FBI gets involved because it's uh it's carrying an illegal firearm from state to state. The Federal Bureau of Investigation get, gets involved. I can't believe I know what the FBI stands for, but yeah. So that happens. The FBI is going to get involved regardless because it's crossing state lines. So crossing state lines, as much as people don't want to admit that it's not a big deal, it is because it becomes a federal crime. But regardless, that's besides the point. This 17-year-old kid, part of a right-wing militia, has a gun, which he's 17, he's underage. He shouldn't have. He should not have an AR-15, right? He is part of this right-wing militia. This video comes out from the protest without any context. This is what's so crazy. Whenever a video gets released on the internet without context, you best believe people are going to create some scenarios in their heads that are 99% of the time not going to be true. So this video comes out of this kid tripping. A bunch of protesters running at him. So this is a white kid with a gun, with a firearm. bunch of people running at him. This kid shooting at the protesters. Getting up. Walking past police and leaving. I first learned of this video on a subreddit called Actual Freakouts. And I mean, people were on this kid's side. And reading all the comments, I was just like, yeah, I can see why they're on their side. Because like, oh, he's just defending himself. Knowing no context, by the way. There's no context behind this video. At least for me at this point. I see this video of this kid shooting a bunch of people that are coming after him. I'm like, okay, I can see how this is self-defense. But then details come out and... The more details that come out, the worse this fucking kid is. Look, I'm not even going to learn his name. I, I don't give a fuck about learning his name. It's just a 17-year-old kid who killed two people, injured one. So here's what actually happened. The facts are coming out. And there's probably going to be more and more and more and more and more and more facts about this. 
But basically, here's what happened. This kid who's part of this right-wing militia, 17 years old. Apparently, he somebody throws something at him. <laughs> One of the protesters throws something at this kid with the AR-15. The kid, naturally, shoots him in the head. Because that's what you do, right? When somebody throws something at you, you just fucking kill him in cold blood. Yes. The kid does that. Protesters realize that he just fucking killed somebody or at least shot them. And they run after him to try to get the gun away from him. The kid with a gun trips. Either they throw something at him again that makes him fall or he just trips on his own. But he trips. Bunch of people start running at him to try to take the fucking gun away that he just killed somebody with. Right? He shoots like three of them. Because they're coming after him. Later we find out I think one of those people died and one of those people was injured. He gets up. Walks past police, waves at them, says, oh, I'm no threat, guys. I'm not I'm not doing anything. Right. Just do this. I'm not. There's nothing going on here. Right. The police just let him go. As the protesters are yelling, he just shot these people. He just shot these people. Right. Like they're yelling this. Police does nothing. Next day. So that was like Wednesday night, I believe. So or Tuesday night. Then Wednesday, you know, Wednesday in the morning or Wednesday just in general, the kid finally gets fucking arrested. And now this is when the story fucking blows over. Now it's when all the details are coming out, which are what I just mentioned to you. And then on top of that, there's footage of police talking to this kid and them just kind of conversating and chilling. So now there's proof that they were kind of working with each other. Which then adds context and explains why the police kind of just let this kid go. If you don't understand how fucking crazy this situation is, then I mean, you just—I mean, good for you. You're 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 a blissful person right now. Ignorance is bliss. You might be the happiest person on earth right now. But this situation is so fucking insane that the police were working with a right-wing militia because they felt like—and this is the thing. I saw a tweet that was talking about why this could have been, right? And the thing is that it's very possible that police are feeling this pressure from all sides, you know, being defunded, being abolished, having this nasty, like, uh, connotation. Then now they're just, they feel so oppressed that they are going to take help from anybody. And who that anybody turns out to be? Right-wing militias who are now helping the cops fucking crazy situation and so then this is where we're at right now where this kid where this the jacob blake situation has led to protests and then the protests have led to the police not really handling this thing right and feeling you know oppressed by the by by the world and then that leads to right-wing militia like regular civilians with guns helping the cops if this isn't the beginning of the race war i don't know what it is because obviously you know and i say right wing a lot of these people are probably racist i don't want to assume but yeah and look a lot of people are saying that and listen i haven't put any intention behind what this kid did i'm not saying this kid went there to kill people he's certainly armed in a hostile situation put two and two together i don't know what to tell you i don't think i don't know i can't say if he wanted to or not but him being in that situation wasn't going to lead to anything good what's my overall point with that my overall point with that is just that that 
when just when the Jacob Blake situation couldn't get worse, and the police, the scrutiny of uh, uh, the Milwaukee police, or at least Kenosha Police Department, couldn't get worse, they start working with right wing militias, and then th- and this happens where some people are dead, killing protesters because they're helping the cops. If that's not proof, I think the whole point of this story, the story, the whole point of this situation is that if that's not enough proof to you that things need to change with the police, then I don't know what the fuck is. I don't know what what I don't know what could be proof. Like, I don't know what you could think. <laughs> I don't know how you can't see that something needs to happen. It's almost like if anything, like my thing, well, already, like I said, I talked about it in episode, uh, I don't remember, episode 78, maybe, reform the police, talked about this, but you need to reform the police, there's no, there's no further thing, and I mean, you know, when, when the police are working with right-wing militia, you know something's wrong, so fucking fix it, so that's where my, that's where I stand with, uh, with the, the protests in Kenosha, and how crazy that that came out of this Jacob Blake situation, it just shows out of all places, if you thought um, uh, wherever George Floyd, that wherever the George Floyd situation happened in, if you thought that police department was bad, you have not seen the Kenosha, the Keno- the KPD, the Kenosha Police Department, where they're openly working with uh, right wing militia. But it doesn't stop there. That's not where all this Jacob Blake situation. That's not where the, that situation ends. That's not the the only byproduct of that shooting. The NBA also jumped in and said, all right, enough is fucking enough. And the Milwaukee Bucks, which makes sense because they're from Milwaukee. Kenosha is in Milwaukee. They boycott game five of their series against the the Orlando Magic. And that's where things got crazy because they didn't really tell anybody. They just said, you know what? They stayed in the locker room. They didn't even come out to play. And nobody was expecting it. Until it came to a point where, like, the Orlando Magic were like, oh, they're not coming out, so I guess we got to get the fuck out. And they left. And, you know, <laughs> it, it that was the fucking beginning of the dominoes falling. The Milwaukee Bucks have officially boycotted Game 5 and all hell broke loose in national media. Because this is a big fucking deal. These are the NBA playoffs. Right? Like, this is stopping millions and millions of dollars from getting made. TV deals, ads, networks, bosses, manage all that shit, right? Owners, all of those people are getting, you know, affected by this huge, you know, title contender uh, in the Bucks, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, from just dropping out or just boycotting that game and then. At that point, all the games were uh, suspended or postponed for Wednesday. Um, And that's where, like, the NBA went to, like, uh, uh, fucking panic mode. And they had a meeting uh, that same day, right, where, like, they were discussing what the fuck they could do and what the fuck was going on with the season, what was going to happen. And it turns out, you know, during that meeting... The only two teams that voted to not continue to play to boycott were the Lakers and the Clippers, which were the two last teams you would ever think would do this because they're probably the ones that are highly favored to win it all, right? So that's what's happening with that, right? 
Um, and then that just gets everybody talking even more. It was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, is, is the season going to continue? Is this going to do anything? And I mean, during this whole time, I mean, it's just a clusterfuck of people just wanting second, like, like, uh, immediate updates and getting immediate updates as to what team is opposing what and what players saying what and who's owners doing this and that and all that shit. And one of the main, uh, debates or topics that keep coming up is like how does boycotting how does it strike which is more appropriate of a word how does a strike from the nba cause any change and a lot of people ask this they're like does that is that really going to do anything and look in reality would it really maybe not there's a possibility that the owners just don't pay the players and then this whole thing is like a domino effect with money where, like, nobody gets money, so everybody's just fucked, right? Like, that's the worst-case scenario in this situation. But even in the worst-case scenario of the NBA boycotting, you know what I mean? Like, the even in the worst-case scenario, they will still disrupt. And I think, at the end of the day, disruption is the thing that causes the most change. Because if there's no disruption, then we're left to... Then there's no self-reflection, and there's no... Uh, uh, awareness the best awareness is disruption i believe so even if things you know even if a boycott if, if a strike from the nba happened and it didn't really cause much change immediately it would cause a hell of a lot of awareness just because of the disruptive nature of it. i mean how many fucking people were talking about the bucks boycotting one of their games of the playoffs a lot and you know that may not reflect immediate change in policies that shit but it does create awareness everybody had to they're forcing everybody to know okay what the fuck this fucking basketball team decided to boycott or strike why did they do this oh it's because of this or what is it and then you start to learn and then things could come of that but I, i just believe regardless of if anything else happens disruption is the most important thing in any in any sort of uh, social movement. I think disruption is amazing. So I thought what the Bucks did was amazing. But. And I'm just learning this right now. This is hot off the presses of me recording this episode. The. The NBA just said. Alright. <laughs> they said. Okay. We're going to do better. We're going to force social change. <laughs> but we're still playing. <laughs> <laughs> the boycott or the strike of them not playing basketball games lasted a fucking day. That's about it. That's it. That's all. That's all it lasted. So now <laughs> a lot of people are like, are you fucking kidding me? You made this whole ordeal of even possibly not even playing. And then in a day, in 24 hours, that just going to continue to play. And look, in a selfish way, I want to see the playoffs. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. I want to see the games. But in, in a much grander sense, if you look at it, this was not the best decision because it's, it almost nullifies any sort of effort they did because it seemed like they budged way too quickly. You know what I mean? That's how it, it, it seems. And then anybody who thought, oh, that's so crazy, they, you know, they're really about it. They're like, yeah, they're not really about it. And then the message almost gets lost, which is unfortunate, but it's what's probably going to happen now. Maybe they, the NBA, the players and the owners and the, you know, the players and the owners came to some sort of deal where they, where they are going to do something crazy. And that's why they're playing. But at the end of the day, it just, 
doesn't look that good. It's not a good look for them to just continue playing a week after or a day, not even a week. It should have been a week of like uh, of delayed games, but instead it was just a day. And so that kind of sends the wrong message. Um, and also, I, I would just like to say the reason the players are playing because they want to play. I think a lot of those players just want to play basketball. And can, I mean, can you really fault them if you're right? Like if I'm a podcaster, right, which I am a podcaster, but let's say I'm a popular podcaster and I have a daily radio show. And I realized, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to do a radio show to boycott, to to do a strike, right? But I only do, and I do it, right? But then after a day, I'm like, I do love talking on a radio, right? Like, I love it. And is there any way to figure this out besides me not doing what I love? And then the next, and like two days later, I'm back on a radio. Obviously, you're going to send the wrong message. But I feel like you also got to understand that these players just want to play. This is their hobby. This is their love. They want a championship or whatever. It's highly competitive. You know, they did, the Bucks took a great step forward, but it was kind of like two steps back, but I don't judge them because I feel like the majority of these players wanted, wanted to continue playing basketball. And if that's your love and that's your hobby, I mean, what can you do? I'm not going to judge you for that. So, you know, I can't really say much besides that, but it's just interesting how quickly that got resolved. So these two things, right? The 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 NBA players the boycott or going on strike for a day, and and the protests and shootings that were happening in Kenosha, you know, uh, Milwaukee, all that shit was crazy, and it made the Jacob Blake situation that much crazier. But then I stopped to think. I got this thought. I was like, huh. When something in the world is crazy, it could be in this country, the United States, in another state. It could be in another country. It can be in another continent, right? When something really crazy happens. But then I, you know, I always get kind of anxiety and I get worried for the world. And then I selfishly think, okay, what the fuck is going to happen to me? I feel like a lot of people go through that. But and, and I was going that I was kind of experiencing that when I was working yesterday. I was seeing everything that was happening. I was like, yo, the world is going to shit. The world is fucking crazy. What the fuck is going to happen? Right? Like, I'm really worried. Like, my anxiety is through the roof at this point. But then I just stop and look around me as I'm driving. And I see that around me, everything is fine. There's kids playing in a park. There's business as usual. People walking down the sidewalks. People eating at restaurants. People playing basketball, like all that kind of stuff. I see it all around me and I'm like, interesting. So the world is seemingly going to shit. Bad thing after bad thing keeps happening. But I look around me and everything is just fine. So that creates a weird dilemma to me that it kind of, it kind of separates. I don't know. It, it, it separates. It, it becomes like a cognitive dissonance almost. And I hope I'm using that term right because I use it a lot and I don't necessarily know what it means. I just think I know how to use it in context. But I feel like it does create this weird cognitive dissonance where like the world is going to shit. And I want to talk about these things and like I'm advocating for social change and realize a lot of the things need to happen. But then I look around me and everything is fine. So then it, it creates it, it, this reminds me of a joke. That this comedian Rami Youssef said, where he said, you know, the day the Muslim ban happened, I was, you know, really sad. But then that same day, I got a Taco Bell uh, uh, commercial. He was talking about 
<laughs> he has this great line. It was like people saying this is a horrible day for all Muslims. And they was like, I mean, but not all Muslims. And that's kind of how I feel right now. And I don't really understand what he's saying. It's like the world is going to shape, but personally, everything is going fine. So it's like, what should I really focus on? At the end of the day, should I focus on the great things happening in my life or the bad things happening in the world that I can't necessarily change? It's a weird, tricky situation that I, that I found myself in recently. Like, but so I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Like, how do you proceed and really feel bad for something if personally nothing's being affecting you? Because I feel like at the end of the day, all humans are selfish and all humans just care about themselves. To a certain extent, some people care more than others. But I just find it interesting that, like, I I was just looking around when I see that, you know, in Kenosha, people are getting shot. The NBA is going on strike. And then I see people just on swings, like kids on swings, just having the time of their life. And I'm like, weird dichotomy happening in my head. I didn't know how to reconcile with that. I guess the only way I could is just addressing the things that are happening, talk about it, and then also, you know, live my life. And I think and this is also something I kind of want to talk about real quickly. I saw a post on Reddit from somebody from this white kid that was like, I hate being I hate feeling being pressured into caring or doing all this shit when I just want to I don't want to be I don't want to experience negativity. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm tired of all this shit happening and people blaming me and talking shit about me not uh, doing anything. Right. I found that interesting because it's like. This I bet you there's a lot of white people feeling like this. Really like they almost have to speak on and be. They almost feel like every, all white people have to be social justice warriors. I don't even want to use that term. People hate that term. You, you know, activists. They're like speak on all the crazy injustice that's happening in the world, and they're like, I don't want to do that. I just want to live my life. One, I feel you, but two, you know, but two, that's what white privilege is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to any white person that feels like, man, this is so much. I don't want to deal with those, all this negativity. I just want to, you know, I just want to live my life. I don't want anything bad happening to me. Right. <laughs> right. Like a lot of white people are feeling that way. Here's the thing, white people. That's what white privilege is. White privilege is when you are able to just shut yourself off from the world and not help in any way and just know that nothing bad is going to, you know, in terms of race and injustice and like systematic racism you won't be affected by any of that so you can just be like eh, I'm, i I feel i'm tired of feeling bad let me just shut off that's what white privilege is and look whatever if you decide to do that whatever you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do but i feel like at the very least right if you're feeling like oh they're asking too much of me don't put that much pressure on yourself all you have to say is publicly like as an ally right like they say oh how can what can white people do to help against systematic racism when it seems like such a crazy task to fix as a white person even if especially as a white person with no power right like if you're not a, a, a powerful white person if you're just a regular old you know joe um that's a white name isn't it joe yeah there's a very stereotype or mike michael uh I'm trying James. I'm trying to think. What are stereotypical white names? Uh, <laughs> I say I almost said Ephraim. That's definitely not a stereotypical white name. Whatever. Let's say let's use Joe. If you're a regular old Joe, you're like, how the fuck can I help with systematic racism? You know, I, I'm feeling overwhelmed here. I don't want to do other shit. All you have to do is just be like, it's just tweet. If you have a public platform, all you have to say is just, 
You don't have to be an activist. You don't have to fucking go above and beyond and donate money or be out there in the trenches. All you have to do is just anytime that kind of topic comes up, either be on the side of the people that are saying systematic racism exists. Or if you wanted to do something more public, if it's not just around your circle, all you have to tweet is like, we need to reform the police. What's happening with the police is crazy. You know, black lives matter. Even just you tweeting black lives matter. It's enough support. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like a lot of regular white people are feeling like, I don't know what the fuck to do. They're asking me to be an activist. No, man, dude, don't go crazy. Just say black lives matter. Say reform the police, say whatever it is that you, if you understand what, where this movement is coming from, just tweet your support or just put it on your Instagram, put it on your Facebook. Very simple. Just put it out there and then that's it. You don't have to worry about it ever again. You know, if you don't want to do that much, it's just about like when it's about like, I feel like if enough white people do that, then that's how you kind of start dismantling systematic racism. Because, like I said, you don't have to do a lot, but you should do something. Because if white people are just like, oh, this, this is just annoying me. I'm, I'm shutting off. This is just too much negativity. I hate people like commenting on this shit. I'm done. Nothing's ever going to happen. Because uh, believe, you know, you know, regardless of what you think, for this movement of Black Lives Matter and reforming the police and defunding the police, white people are necessary because the majority of people in this country are white. So... You know, that's what I would say to that guy that was kind of complaining, saying, yo, I'm, they're asking too much of me. Just no, don't worry about it, man. Just in conversation, just say that you support it or just tweet a simple statement like Black Lives Matter. You know, if you're a regular white person, I don't think people are going to ask too much of you because what the fuck else can you do? You're just a regular white guy. Now, these white people that have power, that could actually create some change when they don't do it, then. I don't think they are able to complain because you have this power. You probably are able to create much more power than a fucking hundred thousand black people could ever do. So that's different. But if you're just regular old white guy, just tweet your support or just say your support whenever you're talking about it with somebody else. But wow. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, episode 85 of the Empty Opinions podcast. Um, a lot of things discussed. Uh, very interesting episode. Um, I got a lot, a lot out. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this was a great episode. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, before we end, before I end this episode, I'm just going to plug some things. Make sure you follow the social media. Well, first, go to the uh, the website, Empty Opinions Podcast. There you can... Uh, no, no. The website is EmptyOpinions.com. Go there. You can see the YouTube videos that I post. You can see the podcast episodes that come out. But if you want to also follow us along... On social media, it's empty is my empty opinions on Twitter and Instagram. Very simple. And if you would like to follow me personally, uh, my social media on Twitter and Instagram is just Eladio Talks, E L A D I O Talks. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's everything I have to plug. Uh, a lot of content on the YouTube channel. Check it out over there. Follow social medias. That's all. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and I'll catch you guys next week in episode eighty six of the Empty Opinions Podcast with Eladio Blanco.